Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I'm back today with Abby Helberstadt. M is for mama. And we are talking about motherhood and the blessing of motherhood. And we're talking about just the reality of motherhood. Um, Being a mom can be hard, but it also is the greatest blessing in the whole wide world. And for those who've been listening to the podcast for quite some time, you know, we have talked a lot about the ministry of motherhood and the importance of just giving our all to our kids. We have them for such a short amount of time and the time goes by so quickly. Abby, I know that I'm sure you're seeing that with your oldest kids as well, that the time just goes by in a flash. And so we have a short time to make a huge difference that will literally impact them for life. And I don't say that to scare people. I say that because that is the reality of parenting. And um, by God's grace, we have the Word of God to help us through this. So I'm glad to have Abby back with us today. Thank you, Abby, for joining me this week. It is Yeah, fun talking to you. But before we get back into our conversation, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. Do you want help managing your homeschool day on a day-to-day basis? BJU Press has a new homeschool hub that can dramatically simplify things for you. You'll be able to see your child's workload, document grades, modify schedules, and more. The BJU Press Homeschool Hub is the resource you need for painless planning and happy homeschooling. Visit BJUPressHomeschool.com to see how the hub can change your homeschooling. I want to talk about our vision for motherhood. And and what I want to know from you is before you became a mom, if you were like me, you probably had an idea of what you thought motherhood would look like, what kind of mother you thought you might be, and how this was all going to play out perfectly right? In your life. Yeah, perfectly. <laughs> perfectly, right? I mean, our fantasies are always perfect. At least mine are, you know, Absolutely. I always, <laughs> so how, and going back 17, 18 years before you became a mom, how have you changed as a person going from what you thought maybe it was going to be like to where you are today? So I probably wouldn't have ever called myself a patient person. And I still don't. Um, just I, I, I have a lot of patience for processes, but I don't have a lot of patience for for what I would call nonsense. You know, mm-hmm. like okay, come on, buck up. Let's let's just get back in line and do this. My mom calls me a barrel of fun drill sergeant. Like I am going to, <laughs> you know, get get things moving. We're gonna stay on track, and but we're gonna have a good time doing it as much as possible. Um, but that's something I've had to work toward, and not just be the drill sergeant because. Mm-hmm naturally I am more prone to want results. And so, I mean, I realize that doesn't make me a very fun sounding person, but I think one of the things that the Lord can do for us is strengthen us in the areas that we need sharpening in and soften the areas that need growth. And so while I still wouldn't describe myself as a naturally patient person, the difference between how I feel about meltdowns from my three-year-olds and two year, three-year-old and two-year-olds, because I have uh, three children at the end of my little ducks that are 19 months apart. So, oh my. Uh, yeah. So I've got one that just is turning four in a week. And then I've got two that just turned two. So they're, they're pretty close together. The way that I feel about their meltdowns and their quote unquote nonsense now compared to the way that I felt about it when I quote only had one child is completely different. The Mm -hmm. Lord has given me patience. He's given me forbearance. He's given me perspective to know that this too shall pass. He's given me an understanding of stages and development and the way that kids can't express themselves and things that you get really frustrated by. I mean, why can't you just say what you want to say and do what you need to do? (laughs) You know, I know not everybody feels that way, but that's something that I struggled with. So 
Yeah, for sure was hoping that I would be more patient than I was starting out. And I'm so grateful that he's grown me in that and that he will continue to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And you are a fun mom. I can see it. <laughs> I we see the things that you do. That. <laughs> Not that you dance with your kids every single day, you no. know, every minute of the day. Um, but, but yeah, I, it was a recent post that you did and you're dancing with, I, I don't know, I think your second Simon, son. Simon, my second son. Yes. He's 15. Yeah. And, and you, your, your comment on there was something like, you know, when your son asks you to dance with him, if you have a few minutes to dance with him, the answer is yes. Yeah. You just do it. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, I, I need to do that more. So often I say no to my girls because I'm busy doing other things and there are other mm-hmm. things on the list that need to get done and we've got to do schoolwork and we have to do this and we have to do that. And, um, and I just more and more am convicted by that. And, and so honestly, just even seeing you on there with him, I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you, Abby. I needed that reminder <laughs> that I just need to take time to have fun with my kids because that's what builds relationship with them. And when we have relationship with them, we get to help speak into their hearts. And so dancing with your son allows you the opportunity to speak truth into his heart because you're building that relationship. And that's such an important part of parenting. And again, that goes back to being intentional, right? Mm, Yes, yes. And And so much more is caught than taught. We can say all day long that we are to walk rightly and do justly and love mercy. mercy. And yet, if we are not mm -hmm. modeling those things and if we are not modeling compassion and a genuine interest in our children, it's just going to be water off a duck's back. And we don't want that. We want it to, to, to plant deep roots in their souls. Yeah, absolutely. So in that vein, let's talk about mom guilt, because what I don't want is I never want anybody to listen to this podcast and think I'm doing it wrong. I mean, that's the complete opposite of what we want. We want it. We, we, we need to be intentional as moms, mm-hmm. but I don't want moms to come away feeling like I'm doing it wrong. I'm not dancing with my kid or I'm not, you know, yeah. doing the, the, I'm not going to the Goodwill and taking them out for some <laughs> sandwiches. And so therefore I'm doing it wrong. So talk to the mom who just is always living with this guilt, feeling like she's not doing it right. Absolutely. So I, I have an entire chapter about that on MS for Mama because that is number one of, I have a, a Q&A that I do on Wednesdays called What Do You Want to Know Wednesday on my Instagram. And that book was written in response to the FAQs. Like literally, yeah. these are the things that are on mom's minds. These are the things that I get asked about constantly, every single week, consistently 10 times on a Wednesday, which is crazy that we are all kind of, this is all in our heads. This is, it's a no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, right? Mm-hmm. And that temptation to self-excoriate, to say, I'm less than, I'm not doing it right, I give up, I'm just going to wallow kind of thing is something we all face and all have to conquer in Christ's strength, sometimes on a daily basis. Yeah. So what I would say to them is there is a difference between mom guilt, which is from the devil, mm-hmm. and Holy Spirit conviction. So if you are just looking at what someone else is doing and feeling like, if I don't do it that way, I can't possibly be doing right. That's Satan whispering in your ear, give up. You you Mm. can't meet her, her standards. And the Lord never, ever told you you were supposed to. The only standard we are to meet is his, and we can't do it except that Jesus allows us to. Like we don't have it in us. So that is so freeing and also encouraging that when Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, it's not that things will always be simple or that we won't have really hard times. It's that he is there undergirding us and lifting us up. So then the next thing needs to be, if I just got pricked and reminded, like you were talking about, and I feel this way too, because I am preaching to myself when I say, say yes to your kids. I need that reminder to myself, from myself, and from others. So when you say, oh, you're right, 
I should say yes. That could be Holy Spirit conviction, but you don't say I should say yes and I'm not, so I stink and I give up. That's mom yeah. guilt, and it's not productive. Um, instead saying, oh, I could switch some things up. Oh, oh, that's a great idea. You know what, I'm gonna try that. And going forward, the Lord can use that. He can use our willingness. And I, I think that willingness to listen to his leading is so much better than any kind of appearance of perfection ever could be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, amen. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Abby. Um, I love, love, love how you answered that question about mom guilt. Um, and I've, I've never heard it said that way, but it's so true that either it's the Holy Spirit bringing conviction or it's Satan trying to just mess with us mm-hmm. and make us think that we're just not enough. We're not doing it right. I want to talk about homeschooling because you have decided to homeschool your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, of course, something that in, along those lines that a lot of moms feel stressed out about, they feel guilt over, they feel like they're not doing that right either. You know, it's all the things. I mean, what moms who have their kids in school have that insecurity as well. But I think for homeschool moms, it's even more so mm-hmm. because now we've got the education of our kids on our backs and yeah. we have them 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that's a lot of responsibility, which, I mean, that's motherhood, right? That's what God's called us to do is to disciple the hearts of our kids Talk talk first. I actually, I'm going to back up a little bit. Why did you decide to homeschool your kids? And then how do you get through homeschooling 10 kids without feeling constantly like you're messing it all up? So I decided to homeschool my kids because I myself was homeschooled. And I mentioned in um, the last podcast that I had this awesome mama who did a really yeah. good job of homeschooling us. And uh, I'm 40. And so in Texas, homeschooling was in its very infancy as far as legality goes, when my brother, who's four years older than I am, started being homeschooled when he was five, four or five years old. And my parents were actually at the forefront of fighting for the right to do that. So they really modeled for us a love of investing in your kids and educating them well, and kind of probably an independence. I loved the fact that, so my best friend was also homeschooled. We actually lived in a little community that had several families that started homeschooling around the same time and had kids of similar ages. And she lived about a mile from me. And we would literally wake up at five in the morning, get all of our independent schoolwork done, and then play like the whole day. Wow. 
There are people listening that have grown up maybe in the public school system or in a more structured school system that probably think that my mom was negligent for that to happen. But I went to college when I was 15. I had a 4.0 GPA the entire time. I graduated, I was 19. I started teaching like uh, high schoolers. I started teaching high school Spanish to kids who were a year younger than I was when I was 19 years old. Um, in other words, academically, I was fine. Yeah. And it did. it doesn't take eight hours a day to educate our children. Um, Focusing on the majors, on literature, on history, on math, on reading good books, on learning how to write, on poetry. It doesn't have to be all at once. All that doesn't have to be done in one day, you know? But getting off into the weeds of, like, I don't need your journal. I know a lot of Charlotte Mason. (laughs) I don't either. I don't need your journal (laughs) at all. That is not our homeschooling learning style. But I grew up with both structure and traditional schooling, Bob Jones, Abeka, Saxon, like the, like the, the bedrock homeschooling yeah. and um, curricula. And, but I also grew up with a mom who recognized that being outside and playing with my friends and developing life skills and developing those social interactions was just as important as the book work. And it gave me a lot of confidence um, that 40 years ago, well, 40, you know, 30, when I was 10 years old, my best friend and I would go to our little town square and we would go to the library because that was fun. And we would go to the little soda shop and we would go to look at the cards at the little Hallmark store. And wherever we went, people were asking us, why are you out? Why aren't you in school? And yet uh, when we left, they would comment like, you you met our eyes. You you spoke to us well. You, you weren't a total social outcast. And so <laughs> just even that many years ago, that stereotype is just so old and tired at this point. We know that we have so many opportunities. Um, I loved my homeschooling experience. I played tons of sports because I had the time to do it. I was in community theater. I was in homeschool corrals. We put together field trips. We did all this fun, cool stuff. And I didn't feel like I was missing out. Quite the opposite. I did not want to spend my days behind a desk. Yeah. And so even from an early age, I didn't want my children spending their days behind a desk either. I wanted them to have the same freedom to experience playing outside and picking up bugs and then coming inside and looking up what the bugs were and identifying them and that being science for the day. And that is okay because you have genuinely internalized something instead of being given a worksheet. And we do worksheets too. I'm not slamming sure. those. Um, and I have been a public school teacher, a private school teacher, and a homeschool co-op teacher, as well as a home educator. So I've done almost every version of it that there is. And I think there are pro and pros and cons to all of them, but I felt convicted. You can see I'm pounding my fist here. Yeah. <laughs> I felt convicted. I was really like, even probably at 12 years old, was like, I'm homeschooling my kids. That's it. Mm. It's happening. <laughs> yeah. I love that. So what does a typical day look like for your family? So, and, and you know what? This is going to change from year to year. Um, but right now we uh, attend a homeschool co-op that's one day a week. So on a typical Monday, let's say we do family Bible reading at seven 30 in the morning. Um, my husband works from home, but he goes to his office at about eight 30. So seven 30 to eight 30 or somewhere thereabouts is breakfast and Bible reading that he leads. And we do scripture memory and Bible reading the kids. It's very interactive. He asks lots of questions. He actually writes down like trivia from our actual specific Bible reading on mm-hmm. note cards. And then on Sunday nights, we have this buzzer game where we make our own Bible trivia and he, but he's reading it from the stuff that we've done during the week. So it's a yeah. way of refreshing. He does a really good job of it. Fine. And um, so he goes to work. I actually go and teach a fitness class at nine 30 in the morning. And I take the little biddies with me after I've gotten everybody going on morning chores and math. 
I was having a mom guilt moment the other day. I'm like, I am missing two hours of our main homeschool morning three days a week, like I'm being a bad homeschool mom. And then I was home during one of those days when we didn't have classes and I was like, it is a good thing that the two-year-olds and the three-year-olds are out of their hair. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a season right now that is really good for my children to be able to work once I get them set up. And then my mom on a Monday will come at about 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I will come home about the time that she gets there. And we work side by side doing lunch and homeschooling with the um, younger to middle kids to about and putting babies down for naps and all of that till about 1.30 or so. My older kids are very independent at this point. Um they're older. And I I didn't, I didn't need help from my mom when I was 15. I, like I said, I was already in college. I was absolutely in charge of my assignments. She had taught me time management. I would have thought it was strange if she was sitting beside me, you know, (laughs) working with me. I, if she, she graded my paper, she helped me. Absolutely. She wasn't holding my hand at that point. And I think teaching independent learning and self-motivation is like, that's a skill. Um, and then in the afternoons, we'll have quiet time and we do read alouds and my kids fold laundry. That's when we get all of our laundry folded. They actually ask if there's laundry to fold because they like read aloud so much. Nice. <laughs> we work that in and then we'll do meal prep and hang out and dinner. And we're almost always doing dinner as a family, um, unless we've got sports going or something that requires our time in the evenings, but we kind of try to protect that space. So that's, that's a typical homeschool day for us. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So here's the big question that maybe a lot of moms are asking you said that you teach your kids and you were taught by your mom how to be self-motivated and learn independently. How do you teach that to your kids? And at what ages do you start teaching them to do that? Because you're saying older kids. So is older to you like 12 and up are pretty independent or so? How do you teach that to them? So I think that lots of simple repetition is really key. You cannot be bouncing around all over the place and have a kid learn a structure and a system and a Mm -hmm. time management. Things need to happen I'm not really strict about schedules, but things need to happen at approximately the same time each day for them to not feel like they're always going, what am I supposed to be doing right now? So simple rhythms. We do breakfast and Bible reading. We do morning cleanup. They start on math. Like that's going to be, and they know this. So it starts to get ingrained in them to the point where they're not having to ask as many questions and wonder what their assignment is. Now, we also do very simple traditional homeschooling for the most part. So they're doing... A math workbook and I'm explaining to the concept, getting them going, making sure they understand, and then they're practicing it. I'm not doing a lot of manipulatives or right. a lot of complicated things like that. And I do think that that is something that does have to go by the wayside to some extent when you have as many kids to teach as I do. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of round table. So we have a big island and I have um, five or six kids sitting all at the same island. I've heard this called the school bus method where you go and you start <laughs> it and then you get them going and then you go to the next child and you answer questions across the table. Um, And then we do as much family style learning as possible too. Mm -hmm. But in that process, you're teaching them how to think critically. So if we're doing read alouds, you're asking questions that require them to interact with the text that you're reading. You're not just giving them rote answers. Critical thinking skills lead to independent learning because Mm -hmm. they, they help you to want to know more and they help you to want to pursue more than your mom was able to spoon feed you. Cause ultimately we don't want to be spoon feeding our kids when they're 15 or 16. Right. You know, we want them to be out there angled toward that future career that they're going to have or the yeah. future goals that they're going to have. So I would say simple rhythms, teaching them critical thinking skills and lots of repetition really help them to start to own what it is they're supposed to be doing next and do it well. Yeah. Yeah. 
Great stuff. Well, we are out of time again, but we will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk more about this, talk more about your book, Emma's for Mama. Abby, thank you for being with us again today. Tell us one more time for those who might've missed it in the first episode, where can people find you? I blog over at emmasformama.net and I do lots of microblogging on social media at Instagram at m.is.for.mama. Okay, sounds great. We'll put those links in the show notes. And I'm so excited to announce that the Homegrown Generation Family Expo is back. It is coming March 6th through 9th. I know many of you have been waiting for this online conference to come back. And we have an incredible speaker lineup once again, by God's grace. He is so good to provide us with um, just the most powerful, encouraging speakers. Um, it's the things that we need to hear. It's the things that I need to hear. It's the encouragement that I need and that I know you need as well. Registration is now open at homegrowngeneration.com. Homegrowngeneration.com. See you guys there. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you back here next time. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com.